You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here for the final hour solo. Taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. As we do each and every weekday here, you can catch it live, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, or on demand anytime you want. You can follow me on Twitter, at Adam Ronis, on the gram, at aron 88 And, of course, check out all my work, scoutfantasysports.com, where we are preparing you to dominate for the fantasy baseball season. And there are still several days of drafting, so maybe... You said, I don't want to play fantasy baseball this year, but you're getting the itch and you want to jump in a draft. We have you covered. I got my rankings, which I finished number two, fantasypros.com, among experts for draft accuracy in 2018. So if you want access to those rankings, head on over to scoutfantasysports.com right now. Use the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months. Been spending a lot of time on those rankings, made some more tweaks today. Again, a lot of jobs are being decided, still some that have not been. So I'll continue to update those rankings over the next few days uh, if in case you have drafts or in case, you know, you want to work the waiver wire and maybe seen some players that have moved up. You know, I have seen a couple players move up drastically just because of role and injuries. And there were several big injuries over the last week or so, too, that have really kind of changed things and moved some players up and down. So you can get access to those rankings. I have an article uh, with some news and notes that are are interesting. Uh, We got the latest player projections and scout scores cheat sheet from Sean Childs, who was participating in a lot of NFBC drafts over the weekend. Uh, Just great content here. I have 30 bold predictions, one bold prediction for each team. Some of them may surprise you. And what you try to do with bold predictions is, You go out on a limb a little bit, but at the same time, you have to think that it realistically can happen. You don't want to say anything too crazy, so, uh, and you don't want to be too conservative with these. So uh, hopefully some of them work out. Some of them did work last year. should go back and double-check. I know a few of them definitely were pretty good. I know Blake Trinan, I think, was there last year, uh, predicted as a top-10 closer, and obviously he finished way better than that. That was one of the big players that I looked at last year that really came through for me. But we got a ton of great content as part of our Fantasy Baseball Draft Kit. And, yes, the season does start this week, but we're going to take you throughout the season. You know, Sean Childs does an excellent Wave of Wire article where he goes really in-depth, and it especially uh, helps you if you're in a 15-team high-stakes league because he knows the market very well, and he can give you those players weeks ahead of time. I know last year, Alberto Mondesi was all over for weeks. So if you followed his article, you would have picked him up and stashed him. And he was a big difference maker down the stretch. I'll be doing my look at two start pitchers for the week ahead, uh, stock watch and a lot more. And of course, again, I know we talk a lot about the deeper leagues and the 15 team high stakes leagues, but we'll have you covered for whatever your league is. As I said, if you play in an eight or 10 team league, that's fine. You know, we, it's all about having fun. So you could ask your questions on the message boards and the forums and, You'll get an answer from maybe myself, Doc, and Sean, or all three of us. Uh, But ask those questions on the message boards and forums specifically catered to your league format, and we will help you out. Trade advice, waiver wire advice, whatever it is. So we got you covered throughout the season uh, and up until draft day. And, of course, you get the fantasy football coverage, and you get everything else. Uh, You know, we got rankings for uh, NASCAR as well. And, of course, ScoutDFS.com. Jump in now. We have our baseball content as again big baseball dfs starts on thursday we're almost here we still got you covered for nba and you know this is a time of the nba where you can really take advantage there's so many injuries and a lot of news that if you pay attention to the last minute you can make some money we got you covered for nhl there's still time there nascar golf mma we got you covered and of course vegaswhispers.com they got off to a really hot start on thursday with the picks, I think for the weekend, there were four games above 500. So that's positive. That means you make some money. So you can check it out, VegasWhispers.com. So tons of ways to make money. Uh, coming up in the next segment, I'll have Greg Jewett, FantasyAlarm.com. We'll talk some fantasy baseball with him. But uh, let's take a look at some of the things that have stood out to me that I think are important for you to take note of. And, you know, a lot of people ignore spring training, and I don't think it's a good idea. Now, we don't want to go crazy and over-evaluate it, but... 
Uh, there are a handful of players that moved up my board based on the spring. One of them was Jake Arrieta. I really had no interest in Jake Arrieta back in January. If you would have probably asked me about him, I said, I don't want no part of him. But then the news came out about him having this knee injury. And I said, okay, this is kind of interesting because I saw his second half was terrible. So he's 33 years old and, you know, he had the breakout year a couple years ago uh, with the Cubs. Well, when he went from the Orioles to the Cubs, he obviously had two big years, including the year where the 1.77 ERA. And I was interested in him for a couple years. Then he had a 3 one ERA in 2016 and the strikeouts went down a little bit and the walks went up. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, he had a, a decent year. It was a solid year in 2017. But last year, the strikeouts dipped. The walks went, went up. The ERA went up. And I was concerned, especially with that second half. His strikeout rate went down 4% to 19.1%. Walk rate only went up slightly, but it's 7.9%. And the whip, 1.29. That's the highest it was in his days in the National League since leaving the Orioles. So I was like, okay, maybe this is someone who's starting to decline a little bit. But... He still had a very good ground ball rate. He had a very good hard hit rate. And the key factor was he had a knee injury that he was pitching through. And he had surgery on it in the offseason. So I go, okay, that explains why he struggled. And uh, today, his final spring start, six innings, six hits, two runs, no walks, eight Ks. So Arietta is a guy where I think the spring was important. He moved up my draft board. I didn't get him in as many leagues as I wanted. And he was cheap, too. I did get him in Tout Wars, I don't know, like round 14, 15. Um, but I do like him. So if you're still drafting over the next couple of days, he's still relatively cheap. You know, he's got a good offensive supporting him. And, yes, the ballpark's not great, but he induces a lot of ground balls. So that's a guy that I think uh, could be a nice value and could be in a position to get wins. We had a big scare yesterday. Jose Ramirez of the Indians had to be carted off the field. He fouled the ball off his left leg. Now, the x-rays were negative. And they're saying he has a late contusion, and he's not expected to miss much time. It's going to be tricky for those that are drafting today. Now, Ramirez has kind of been all over the place. He was pretty much the consensus number three pick for a while. Then people looked at his second half and how he really struggled against breaking pitches. But across the board, the numbers were really good. Uh, someone asked me about the number three pick today, and I really don't think there's a consensus number three pick. You know, I did a draft last week. I went Christian Yelich. I've seen Yelich fall to 10 or 11 in other drafts. Uh, I considered J.D. Martinez, Ronald Acuna. Uh, Acuna went in a draft I did last week at 12. J.D. Martinez went 11. And that's my point is that I hate the third pick because a lot of guys that you would consider at three are lasting to 10, 11, or 12, depending on the draft and what people's preference are. So, I think it really comes down to personal preference and how you want to build your team. There are some people that want to get some stolen bases out of that pick. So that's why people are going away from a Nolan Arenado, J.D. Martinez, because those guys really don't steal bases. Now, they're great for category players. Others are looking at Max Scherzer. Some are looking at Trey Turner because of the stolen bases, especially if you're in an overall contest. So there's a variety of ways to go when it comes down to personal preference, what your format is, and how you want to build your roster. But uh, Ramirez, probably going to slip to the second round uh, if we don't get, or maybe even third, depending on the news. You know, obviously people don't want to take much of a risk with a first-round pick, and uh, it doesn't sound like it's serious with Ramirez, but again, we don't know how much time he's going to miss, if any. So that is a big story to pay attention to. Make sure you have updated news leading into your drafts tonight, tomorrow, and Wednesday. Uh, the Diamondbacks named a closer, and it probably surprised a lot of people. Uh, they have gone with Greg Holland, and I think a lot of people were drafting Archie Bradley as the closer. I know I had him as the highest-ranked Diamondback closer myself. I didn't really targeted Archie Bradley in any drafts. I did spend six bucks on him in a mixed league auction last week, so or two weeks ago. So that sucks. I think there was an indication, though, that they just have not been enamored with Archie Bradley at the closer, whether they feel like he's better as a multiple inning guy where they could use him in the seventh or eighth or bringing him in the seventh with two men on base. Whatever it is, the indications were there. So that's why we shouldn't have been too surprised. And they brought in Greg Holland who does have closer experience. Now, Holland was not good last year when he went to the Cardinals, but remember, he missed the spring and came in late. When he did go to uh, the Nationals in the second half, he he had good numbers. His second half, he had a 1-1-90 rate and a 1-0-1 whip. 
He has not had a good spring, and the velocity is down. He does have the closer experience. I kind of did think Hirano had a shot. In fact, yesterday I was doing an auction. It was towards the end game. Someone threw Hirano out of the dollar, and I was sitting there. I was like, do I go two? And I go, you know what? Why not? I think I had Brad Hand as my established closer. Took a shot on Sir Anthony Dominguez. I picked up A.J. Minter because we do have EDL spots, so the plan is put him on the DL, replace him, and it looks like Minter might come back. Uh, within a week. So took a shot with him there because Vizcaino hasn't been great in the spring and Mitter's got a good arm. And then I said, all right, let me take a shot on Hirano for $2. And the owner got mad at me. And he's like, why'd you do that? And I go, well, there's a shot he could close. Well, obviously, hours later, that's not the case. But I think now there's a lot of people who are skeptical about Holland, and you could understand why. He was a free agent in a few of my leagues last night. I just could not put in a high bid. There's two sides to it. One, you could say, look, he has the closer role and he has the job. We know that going into the year. Saves are saves, even if he's rocky. And a lot of people last year looked at Brad Boxberger for the Diamondbacks and said, yeah, I don't think he's going to keep the job. And he kept it for five months, basically. He struggled in the final month, but he got you there if you needed him. So it wouldn't be surprising if Holland kept the job. But at the same time, I think a lot of us expect him to lose it because – he just hasn't been good outside of the second half last year. So I wrote, you know, if Holland's available, you can get him. But I would not blow the budget. I didn't get him in my leagues. I just didn't. I put in small bids because I just am not confident. Uh, and it could work out. You know, he could keep the job for the course of the season. So uh, he has the job now, and that's the most important thing. But we know there's going to be a lot of changes. And, you know, Archie Bradley really wasn't very good last year. You know, the... I think he also was dealing with a uh, f- fingernail issue where he couldn't really throw the curve with the effect he wanted to. And really, it's the home runs that were the big factor for him last year, which is kind of crazy considering they had the humidor. But, you know, the strikeout rate was slightly down from the year before. The walk rate went down. It was really the home run that really hurt him. And uh, it's not like he saw a big jump in the fly ball rate, but he was getting hit pretty hard last year considering years past, and the velocity was slightly down. So, it's a case of, I guess, if he can throw that curve more effectively. But I still think there's a shot he can close. He doesn't really have the prototypical closer stuff in terms of blowing you away. 9% swinging strike percentage last year, but he really did throw more strikes. 67.6% first pitch strike percentage last year. So I still think Bradley and Hirano have a shot to close. In the more shallow formats, you can cut them. But in the deeper formats, you might want to hold on for a week or two just to see what happens with Holland there. Uh, the, the Cubs surprised. They sent Ian Happ to AAA. I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. He's not someone that I was looking at in fantasy. I had him ranked pretty low. We all remember last year, first pitch of the season. Happ hit a home run on the first pitch. I think that was against Miami. People who drafted him got excited, and then it fizzled the rest of the way. So my guess is he probably gets called back up at a certain point, but it definitely was surprising to see him sent down to the minor league. So uh, take that into account if he is on your roster. And obviously the strikeouts have been a major problem for him. 36.1% strikeout rate last year. He did walk 15.2% of the time. So his OBP, uh, 353 last year, even with the low batting average. And um, should open up some more playing time, I would think, for a guy like Albert Almora, who's very good defensively. And I did like him last year, but he didn't live up to the expectations that I had for him. Uh, the Braves made some interesting decisions with their rotation. A lot of people were surprised. Tuki Toussaint sent down to AAA to begin the year. So Kyle Wright, Max Fried, and Bryce Wilson will all open the year in the rotation, uh, along with Julio Tehran and Sean Newcomb. Newcomb is a guy that I am not picking in fantasy. I'm worried about the walks, just way too many walks. I will say this, you know, Julio Toronto, I've never really been a big fan of him in the last couple of years, just not enough strikeouts, but he's really had a great strikeout to walk ratio uh, in the spring. I think it was 21 strikeouts and two walks. Very interested to see if that can translate to the season. And he's very cheap in drafts, but I have no shares of him. He's a guy that I have not really looked at, but uh, I'm interested to see if that can translate to the season. But I really won't have much of him. So if it does work, Actually, I won't have any as of right now, but if it does work, maybe it's someone that you can look at in DFS. But uh, a lot of guys were bidding on Kyle Wright, Max Fried, Bryce Wilson last night. Just keep in mind that none of these guys are locks to stick in the rotation because Kevin Gossman is not in the current rotation. He's going to open the season on the injured list, but they 
said he is going to start April 6th. He's coming off a shoulder injury. He threw in the minor leagues, the uh, minor league game the other day. And then right behind him is Mike Fultonewicz, who I have a lot more doubt about. You know, he's been out with an elbow issue. They expect him to return sometime late April. But uh, he is someone, even before the injury, I was avoiding in drafts. He was going in the fifth, sixth round. I thought it was an overpay for what he did last year. And I am worried about this elbow issue. So he is someone that I have not selected in drafts, even with the discount. So... Say he is able to come back and Gossman and there's still Mike Soroka dealing with an injury. So that could be a very fluid rotation there in Atlanta. So take that into account. Uh, I was surprised that the Orioles sent Chance Sisko down to the minor leagues. This was a guy that I was taking as my second catcher in 15-team leagues. He had a really good spring. He was terrible last year, but this is a young prospect, and we know it takes some time for catchers to develop. He was in Camden Yards, and I figured, okay, I'm going to really wait to the end and get Cisco as my second catcher. And uh, I did get him in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational as my catcher number two very late. I'm surprised they sent him down. Uh, Pedro Severino and Jesus Sucre will slip catching duties for Baltimore, but I would think you would see him at some point. And uh, I mentioned Freddie Peralta before. I mean, that's a guy whose stock should be rising. Uh, he had a great spring for the Brewers. He held opponents to a 175 average. He struck out 18 and 10 and two-thirds innings. So... This is an arm that you can get late still for cheap, and there's a lot of upside there, especially with the strikeouts. I still want to see the walks go down, uh, but he's got a a good arm. He doesn't even throw that hard with his fastball. He's 91-92, but uh, it's hard for hitters to pick up, and there's some movement on it. So he's a name that has seen his stock rise, as well as Corbin Burns. So I was happy to get both those guys in the reserve round of the NFBC auction that I did. When we return, we'll talk more baseball. I'll be joined by Greg Jewett of FantasyAlarm.com. That is ahead right here. It is Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope. And type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Yeah, there you go. All right. I like that. I like that. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ron is here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. And even though your drafts might be done or you have one or two the next couple of days, we will take you throughout the season. So enter the promo code BATS50 at get 50% off your first two months as we'll have waiver wire articles, fantasy stock watch, two-star pitchers, and a lot more content. And, of course, you can ask your questions on the message boards in the forum. So head on over today, scoutfantasysports.com. Joining me now, it is Greg Jewett from fantasyalarm.com. Greg, what's up? Not much, Adam. The sun's actually out here in Syracuse. Yeah, it's not really out over here in Jersey right now. It's a little overcast, but hopefully we get some good weather this week as uh, opening day is Thursday, and uh, I'm assuming the Yankees are home since the Mets are on the road. So it's looking like 55 for Thursday, but then 63 Friday, 70 on Saturday. So starting to get that spring baseball weather approaching the tri-state area. I hope so. Yeah, so we all do because, uh, you know, we want to go out there, watch some games and some nice weather. But uh, are you uh, done with your drafts or do you have any left? I think I have one more remaining. Um, I'm going to try and, and pop off one of the uh, the Rotowire OCs either Tuesday night or Wednesday night. Yeah, I have one left. and You know, you always get that itch. And I'm thinking, man, am I going to wind up jumping in another draft right before the start of the season? Because... I think we all feel this way when we play a multitude of leagues. There's some players that we like or we changed our opinion on that we didn't get. Who are those players for you where you go, you know what, I really wanted them on my fantasy team this year, and I don't have them. There's got to be a couple, I would think, even as many leagues as you play in. So who are like a few players that maybe either you changed your mind on or players that you really like but couldn't get them at the right price and you kind of want to do one more draft to get them? That's that's funny because I keep I'm, I'm trying to go through all this stuff and I've done so many profiles for Fantasy Alarm and, and you find little nooks and crannies. 
Um, I wish I had, I only have one share of Shane Bieber. I'm trying, I'm thinking maybe I should have had another one or two. Um, I know Maddie Modica was big on him as well. Um, yeah, and, and actually my biggest thing is I, I uh, one of the guys you think, I think you just missed out on in your, in the, uh, in Towel Wars was, I think I want more shares of Trevor Bauer. Oh, yeah. Trevor Bauer was someone I liked a lot last year. You know, I wrote an article saying, could this be the year that he gets 200 innings and 200 strikeouts? And I thought that was a good shot. Obviously, he smashed the 200 Ks. He couldn't get to the 200 innings, unfortunately, because of that injury. But uh, I-, I think he wins the Cy Young this year. It's funny. I think it's actually between him and Garrett Cole, the two rivals. But, mm-hmm. yeah, Bauer, well, what happened in Towel Wars was, I didn't think Francisco Lindor is going to be there. So if Lindor yeah. wasn't there, I probably would have went Bauer. But Lindor sitting there at pick 29, and this draft was March 5th. I'm like, I'm not going to pass up Lindor. It didn't sound like it was that serious. And even if he didn't run early in the year, I couldn't pass up Lindor. And I kind of knew that Rudy was Rudy Gamble of Rasball, who was picking one on the turn, was going to take a pitcher. And I'm like, he's probably going to take Bauer. And I'm like, you know what? I'll settle for whatever pitcher makes it back. I can't pass, pass up Lindor at 29. No, I, I totally agree with you, and I, I kind of felt that I was tracking that along in a couple in the early rounds just to see what happens. You know, I'm interested in what you and a few of the other people do. So, you know, that fully, yeah. I, and I think I heard you on the radio talking about that as well. But it made total sense. And I mean, getting Carrasco is not terrible, but you know, there's just a little more question about his capability versus Bauer. But I think Bauer's upside could match, you know, anyone in the American League as you were alluding to. So. Yeah, I'm totally there with you on that one. If I, as a matter of fact, in the Rotowire one, I, I might reach for him depending on what draft spot I get. Yeah, and then the same thing happened with me last week with Bauer. So I was picking third in a 15-team league, and I said, all right, if Bauer makes it back, I'll probably take him. And then Freddie Freeman was there, and I was like, I can't – I don't want to pass on Freeman here. I mean, Freeman – it just has a high floor in every category and, you know, the average that he gives you. He actually steals some bases. And I know the power last year was disappointing. Uh, and a lot of it is because he had so many line drives, but he's still capable of, of hitting 30-plus home runs. So I had to, I knew Bauer wouldn't make it back. And, again, uh, I got another pitcher on the way back. So that's why I always say, like, you can plan these drafts and everyone likes to go, oh, I'm going to take these guys with my first four picks. You don't know what's going to happen <laughs> in the draft. And that draft – I could not believe it. JT Realmuto went in the middle of the second round. Yeah, yeah, that 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 floored me as well. I mean, you know, I understand he's he could have a great year with a much better lineup and a much better ballpark, but you know, I I was never on the take Buster Posey in the second round train, and you know, even though Realmuto could have a really good year, I, I'm on I'm in the same boat with that one. I just I can't justify a catcher in the second round right now. Talking to Greg Jewett, FantasyAlarm.com. Uh, what do you think of the Diamondbacks naming Greg Holland closer? I think a lot of people were surprised. He was available on quite a few waiver wires last night. Is he someone that you would think could keep this job, or are you concerned that he could see a quick role, uh, exit from the role? They seem to have an itchy trigger finger out there, and, you know, Holland turned his season around when he went to the Nationals. I think he kind of rounded into form and was in better shape. But um, even with his uh, nice low ERA and stuff, he still was walking too many people with the Nationals. So I, I'm hesitant to add him. I, you know, in the really, if I'm in that, you know, delving really, really late, I've been doing more Romo and then bracketing him with Adam Conley for when the Marlins will eventually trade Romo. I'm just not a second rider guy either. So to me, I think Romo's in a better position to get whatever saves fall to the Marlins way, as opposed to um, trying to sift through that back situation. Cause I think that's going to go through two or three arms before we get to the all-star break. One player that I've kind of been skeptical of, or it's one of these players where I'm, I'm just kind of not sure where I kind of go back and forth. That's Miguel Cabrera, and I have no shares of him. I wanted to get him in an auction yesterday, but the price went a little bit too high. He's had a great spring. And to me, there's no doubt. If Cabrera is healthy, he's going to smash. The biggest question is how many games is he going to play and how much power is he going to have? Is Cabrera a guy that you were drafting? Did you like the discount, or is he someone you just said, I'm not interested in? I took him in one really, really early, like back in, I think, early January, just because – 
Um, first base got away from me, and I needed a corner infielder. And in third base, as you know, kind of falls off a cliff after Rafael Devers. So at that point, um, I think Cabrera fell in a 15-team draft into the 12th or the 13th round. And I was just like, well, the heck with it. I'm just going to get him in there. And, you know, it, luckily it was a mock or whatever, but, you know. What I want to know is, is he going to pull the ball? Because, I mean, um, even before he got hurt um, prior, you know, last year, most of his, I think all of his home runs but one were to right, center, and right. Um, You know, and and people are going to get the scouting reports on that, and they're going to bust him inside. Can he turn on that inside fastball? And how many at-bats is he going to get, I think, are going to be big. That's something I'm really going to watch early in the year with him, is if he is turning on pitches and, and, and hitting balls to the pole side. I mean, yes, you can be... You can go the other way, like Derek Jeter and all that did, but when you have a power hitting first base and you want him to be able to yank a, a meatball on the inside corner and jack it out, so that that's something I'm definitely keeping an eye on. One of the most common questions I've been getting, especially in the last week or so, is who do you take at number three, assuming Mike Trout and Mookie Betts are gone? And I really think it's a terrible spot to be in because I've seen it. The guy you want at three sometimes is there at 10, 11, or 12. So Mm -hmm. I don't think there's really a consensus at this point. I know early in the season it might have been Francisco Lindor, and that changed. So if you're picking number three right now, who do you take and why? Um, Well, in any any Kentucky Derby thing, I'm putting three probably as my last pick because, you know, people last year were like, oh, we're going to do it with a third pick. It's terrible. I think this year I'm in total agreement with you. It's the absolute worst place you can go because some people are saying J.D. Martinez, and I've seen him fall into ten in some drafts. Um, in, in, a, in a home league head-to-head, I, I ended up getting Martinez, I think, 10th in a 12-team. And then I took Judge on the way back around. I was, was going to take a pitcher, and I'm like, Aaron Judge is still sitting there. The hell with it. I'm just going to kill home runs and figure out the rest after. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I can go as ballsy as Nando and take Judge at three. So if you want to lock down your pitcher, you can take Max Scherzer and just kind of ride it out. Gun to my head. I'd probably take J.D. Martinez, but it's so close to call. Yeah, it really is. I went Christian Yelich last week, and I think some people were surprised. And I know that the power last year was a little bit of an outlier, but the guy can hit. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I just think he gives – he's a high floor. He's going to help me in every single category, even if the power's not there. So I decided to go with him. And then you see other drafts where he goes 10, and you're like, damn it. But, you know (laughs) – you got to make that decision, and uh, you know it's. I just think it's so different. Uh, you look at five different drafts, you'll see five different players go third. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't. I think it comes down to your preference. Who do you believe in, and how do you want to build your team? That's ultimately the answer there. And then everyone wants to my answer. Well, what do you think? You're the guy. And it's like no, <laughs> it's your team. You know, but you might disagree with me. We're never going to agree uh, on everything. Yeah, no, and that's cool. And then you know that first pick, and then it kind of makes your next three or four accordion picks all kind of dictate from that. So, like, if I take J.D. Martinez at three, I'm trying to get, like, a Starling Marte at the turn in the third round so I can balance out the stolen bases. Or if you take a Scherzer, then you've probably got to bang a couple of power bats as they're coming back through in the second and third round. You're taking Yelich. You're kind of covering everything. So I think he gives you a little more flexibility. So I think, you know, you can make a good case for Yelich there because then you can take a pitcher that you want or you can take a power bat that you want, but you don't have to reach for somebody in a category because he does give you stuff across all five. The Braves made uh, their decision on the rotation, and they're going with uh, some youngsters to start the year, and I saw people bidding on them. Which one do you like the most, and how aggressive would you be? Because to me, there could be a lot of turnover in this rotation. They still have Fulton Awich, so means he's healthy. Gossman's going to be back. Mike Soroka, so... Out of Kyle Wright, Max Fried, and Bryce Wilson, if you're bidding on one of them on the wave wire, is there one that stands out, or you're not going to be aggressive on any of them? I don't think any of them stand out, um, and you're, you're totally right. You know, people have made the jokes about Dodgeritis. I think the Braves are going to copy it. I think the Marlins rotation could be a little fluid this year, so they can rest some of those young, high upside arms because they don't want to get too many innings on them. There's going to be so much, I and mean, the Brewers rotation is going to be a, a revolving door. I mean, I love the upside of some of those guys um, of that grouping. I'll probably take Wrights because he has the most offerings. I think he can throw up to four pitches on his fastball can get up to 97. So I would hope that he would be the most consistent, but I, I've heard some scouts prefer uh, Bryce. I, I think it's just a matter of choice. You know, Freed free in that division, you know, he's shown some, 
some signs, but I, they're saying he could end up in the bullpen, which could ultimately be his role down the road. It's still crazy that we are a couple days away from the season. There are still a lot of position battles that we're not sure of. Probably one of the mm-hmm. biggest ones is Garrett Hampson and Ryan McMahon. Hampson's been the guy that's going like 10 rounds ahead of McMahon. What do you think happens there in Colorado? I think that's because of the speed. I mean, uh, we all know speed's getting overpriced, so that's driving Hampson. And Hampson's having a huge spring, but so is McMahon. It's funny, in a, in a head-to-head draft last night, I actually took both of them. I got Hampson, or I got Hampson later on than I thought I should, um, just because that team needed a little bit of stolen bases. So uh, in a daily moves league, as long as I see him in the lineup, I can flip him in there. Um, and then McMahon as a corner infielder, but he'll also be adding middle infield. It's nice to have those guys with multiple eligibilities. So it could end up being McMahon in a platoon with Hampson, but Hampson's also going to get some time. They've been grooming them all spring to play outfield and move around the infield. So I think Hampson's going to see – I think they'll both end up playing four or five times a week, but maybe not at each other's expense as people are planning on. And, and quite frankly, Ian Desmond in center field is going to be a tire fire in that big outfield. So Hampson could end up supplanting him and then paving the way for Rogers to debut later in the year too. You mentioned playing in a head-to-head league. Is that a league with categories or points? Um, no, it's just, uh, it's just the weekly categories, thankfully. Is you, how do you, what's your strategy for that? Because I think a lot of people in that format will punt a category or two. It certainly makes sense. Is that something you do going in or you still look for balance in that type of format? Nah, even in that, I still try and get balance. I, one year I got cute, like trying to get all relievers and then teams would stream pitchers against me and just throttle me on those things. And they would, they wouldn't worry about those categories. And it, it's, I don't know. I, I prefer balance no matter what the format. I know that can be a bad strategy. If it was something with um, specific points that really leaned or made another position more important, then I would adjust to it or category. But uh, I prefer balance. I don't know about yourself. I think in a head-to-head league, and I'm not playing in any this year, but I think in the categories league, I think depending on the flow of the draft, it may, you can punt a category too. But the ones, mm-hmm. there's only a handful. One could be average because you could load up on the power guys right. with low average. Gallo, Bruce, that type of guys because they're going to be discounted a little bit. If you see people are overpaying for speed early on, you could punt steals. Uh, and then saves are a possible uh, punt, you know, especially if guys are overpaying for it early. So I think you know the goal, obviously, is to dominate seven, eight categories. I think in the head-to-head format, it's easier to punt. I will never do it as a strategy going for Roto, even though I've come, <laughs> even though I've come out of a lot of my drafts just light and saves because I really haven't paid much. Like one of the auctions I did here in New York that your boy Nando's in the GDD, I only came out with like Archie Bradley, who's not closing, and uh, just maybe one other reliever. It might have been. So I basically have no saves going in, and that wasn't the plan. It was just an auction. And I wasn't paying up, so. Uh, yeah, I just but I don't like to come out of a draft in Roto shorthanded anywhere. But if 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 there is any category, it would be saves because obviously we know there's going to be plenty of closers that emerge at some point. The The problem is you're battling with 14 other owners to get those right. saves off the waiver wire. Yeah, that makes the fab chase and that's so tough. You know, that's that's the hard part. I think that's why some people like to have those saves. But yeah, if you're chasing a category in roto, it's definitely going to be saves. I mean, that that's the those always pop up during the year. There's injuries, there's turnovers, there's going to be trades. Teams are going to deal their closer to a contender to set up, then bring up their other guys. It's just it's so fluid now with all these bullpens. I'm not not just. You know, the teams that are doing it on purpose with the analytics, it's just the nature of the beast. About a minute to go. Who do you think closes for Boston to open the season? I think they'll go with Barnes. He was tipping his pitches early, but, you know, Brazier um, is not bad, but I think Barnes is – he was ahead of him last year in the order, and I think Cora will be loyal to him. All right, that is Greg Jewett, FantasyAlarm.com. Let people know what you got going on. Uh, wrapping up the profiles. I know drafts are, are wrapping up, so it's time to start focusing on the season. I'll be doing the roundup stuff. Um, bullpen report twice a week on Rotographs. I do that with Al Melchior. Um, staying busy, so life is good. Hope all's well with you, Adam. Thanks for having me on. All right, man. Well, thanks a lot. Again, Greg, uh, we'll talk to you soon, and good luck this season. You too, my man.
All right, that is Greg Jewett. You can find him at FantasyAlarm.com, frequent contributor here on the show. And again, you can find all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com. Have some fantasy baseball spring training news and notes up. Dr. Roto just released his third baseman stock watch. And, of course, updated scout scores and projections from Sean Childs, as well as my rankings, which I will continue to tweak today, tomorrow, and Wednesday Obviously, some people have drafts the next few days, and there might even be some drafts this week, and we've seen people do the AL and NL-only leagues sometimes a week or two after the season starts, so uh, you can always come to us to get those updated rankings. When we return, we'll wrap up the show. We'll take a look at the night NBA NBA DFS, only four games, and I'll take a look at some of the waiver wire moves that happened in my leagues last night. That is ahead right here at Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis. Find me, ScoutFantasySports.com on Twitter at Adam Ronis and on the gram at Aron88 here until 4 p.m. Eastern as we do each and every weekday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. And with all 30 Major League Baseball teams playing this Thursday, it's time to swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball with DailyRoto.com, who is looking to make someone their eighth millionaire winner. If you are playing MLB DFS on DraftKings or FanDuel and not using DailyRoto.com to help set your lineups, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a special discount, and you'll get lineup alerts and weather updates, fantasy projections, and the use of lineup optimizers that has already produced millions in winnings. That's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use promo code FNTSY and get your special discount today. And you could also... Find me, ScoutFantasySports.com as well. And uh, we have a small slate in the NBA tonight, but we'll still give you some advice here to help you out. Uh, Four-game slate uh, and uh, some injury news already. But uh, always money to be made, even on a small slate. So we kick it off tonight with the Sixers. They are at Orlando, 7 p.m. Eastern, as Orlando is up. battling for a playoff spot. Sixers just battling for playoff seating. They are in, so uh, Sixers are favored by two, and the Vegas total is 219 for tonight. So uh, for Philly, we got James Enos has been ruled out. Not that you were looking at him anyway, so it looks like most of their star players will play tonight. We'll see if they rest anyone. I wouldn't think they would here. So uh, we got... Ben Simmons playing very well lately, so I think he's someone that I would consider tonight. Again, we only have four games, so uh, he's got a good matchup here, and I like the price, especially on DK, 8400 Joel Embiid always in play as well. He's 10-4 in DK, 11-9 on Fandle. Once again, we're seeing much better prices here on DraftKings. And Jimmy Butler has been playing big minutes lately. He has a good price um, to... Uh, on DraftKings at 7,488 on FanDuel. And, of course, uh, J.J. Redick always capable of going off. We saw a big game last week, 56 on DK, 63 on FanDuel. And uh, Tobias Harris not really looking at it. He has not been great lately. Uh, so I would look at uh, Embiid, Simmons, and Butler tonight. For Orlando, they have won uh, four games in a row, and they are one game behind the Heat for the final playoff spot. So, obviously, a lot to play for here for the Magic. Um, DJ Augustine has been playing pretty good lately. I like him better on Yahoo. He's cheap on Yahoo. I think he's like 16, maybe less. I was looking at that yesterday. He's 5'6 on DK, 5'8 on Fandle. So, I don't think you have the need to go there. Uh, but he's been playing big minutes, and this is a big game. So uh, I think, you know, people will probably play up for point guard. But if you decide to go in the mid-range, he's probably an option there. As I've always said, Terrence Ross always in play in tournaments because he can go off. I mean, when he gets hot, 
He just puts up these big lines. He's 52 on DK, 59 on Fandle. I would not use him in cash. He's more of a tournament play. Uh, Vucevic, certainly in play. He's expensive, 92 on DK, 10 on Fandle. So um, it is a tough matchup against Embiid, but you know he's been good against the Sixers this year. And Aaron Gordon, always a tournament play. Seven on DK, 77 on Fandle. Uh, who has actually been good lately as we have not seen Jonathan Isaac perform very well. So big game for the Magic. Obviously, they have a lot to play for tonight. And, you know, that spread, <laughs> that looks low. I got sucked in yesterday against Denver. And I've had a very good uh, for the last five weeks betting NBA, I think 19 games above 500. Uh, but that Philly, I got sucked in yesterday with Denver. Uh, they were favored, I think, by a point and a half on the road against Indiana. They got blown out. When you see those lines low, it's sometimes telling you something, and we got uh, Orlando dogs by two against Philly. I think that line should be bigger, so that's something to keep in mind uh, when you are you know, looking at these lines. When they look too good, sometimes they're telling you, okay, go the other way. I'm not saying that on tonight's game. I'm not touching it, but uh, pretty interesting that Orlando's getting two there against Philly. Uh, we have the Thunder in Memphis to take on the Grizzlies at 8 p.m. Eastern. The Thunder favored by six. Vegas total is 218. The Thunder have not been playing great lately, man. They're falling. Uh, you know, they are now sixth in the Western Conference. They were third for a while, four and six in their last ten. But this should be a matchup that they take advantage of. Again, not a high total, but, you know, it's a small slate. So Paul, George, and Westbrook have to be in play. Westbrook's 10-9 on DK, 12 on Fandle. George is 9-6 on DK, 10-4 on Fandle. He's coming off a good game. He obviously has not been as dominant as he has been recently was dealing with that shoulder injury but he was pretty good uh the key here though is can this game stay competitive you know will Mike Conley play although the Grizzlies have been pretty competitive Dennis Schroeder I think's in play on this small slate in tournaments he's coming off the bench and he's been playing he had a really good game last time out he's 53 on DK 58 on FanDuel and outside of that uh probably no one else here on the Thunder uh, I haven't been using Steven Adams. Jeremy Grant, maybe 53 on DK, 56 on FanDuel. Uh, but that's pretty much about it for the Grizzlies. Ton of injuries here. Uh, looks like Joachim Noah is doubtful. Again, Mike Conley is the big question mark here to see if he plays. Obviously, we knew this would happen with the Grizzlies down the stretch, that they would rest them as they're tanking. And uh, Conley has been very good when he's played. But if he's out, you know, you might – Look at DeLone Wright and Tyler Dorsey. They'll probably be popular cash game plays. So you might want to go in a different direction in tournaments. But, again, the minutes are going to be, be there. If Conley plays, uh, I think he's an option. Uh, you do have to worry about the minutes. But um, if Conley does play, uh, I think he's in play. Jonas Valchunas has been absolutely crushing it, man. Uh he, and he's been averaging more minutes, 33 minutes over the last four games, 71 on DK, 81 on Fandle. I think he's pretty much someone that you want to get in your lineup tonight. Uh, and again, if Conley's out, DeLone Wright, Tyler Dorsey, Justin Holiday will all be value plays. Uh, Holiday is 41 on DK, 4 on Fandle. Dorsey's 38 on DK, 43 on Fandle. Wright is more expensive, 53 DK, 57 on Fandle. So that's the news that you're waiting for is Mike Conley to see if he plays because that's going to – shift the way things go but Valchunas I think is a really good play regardless he's just been crushing lately and uh I would get him in my lineup Phoenix is at Utah this is probably a game a lot of people won't have much exposure to the Jazz are favored by 15 at home Vegas total 216 and a half the Suns Josh Jackson is out Tyler Johnson's out Kelly Oubre is out TJ Warren's out so uh it, the problem is and, and I've talked about this a lot when you think a game's a blowout, oftentimes it's not. Although I do think the Jazz cover the spread tonight. Uh, they obviously are playing for playoff positioning, and the Suns are just really banged up at this point. So uh, there, there is some value here, but I don't know if they'll come through. Uh, Mikal Bridges has played big minutes, but he doesn't do much. He's 5,100 on both sides, so I don't want to play him. Maybe Rashawn Holmes is someone you could consider. I just don't like a lot of these guys. Uh, they're going to need a big game from Devin Booker to stay in it, but he's expensive, 8800 on DK93 on Fandle. Uh, I don't think he, he has high ownership tonight, so maybe he's someone you could look at. But, yeah, I just worry that the Suns get blown out in this one. And you hate predicting that, but the way things are going here, uh, the Jazz should be in a big-time spot here to handle things. Uh, for the Jazz, you know, 
Rudy Gobert certainly in play. You might only get 25, 26 minutes, depending on how competitive the game is. But he's 8 on DK, 94 on FanDuel. Uh, Ricky Rubio's in a great spot. He has not been putting up big numbers but because uh, his numbers, uh, his minutes have been down since the injury. But the Suns are terrible against point guards, and he's 54 on DK. So even if they have a blowout, he should be able to at least uh, – 5X there, and he's 65 on FanDuel. Certainly like him better on DK. And uh, Donovan Mitchell's a tough guy. I mean, look, he could go off, but, you know, I think you like guys that are better in that salary range. 82 on DK, 9 on FanDuel. Uh, so a lot of the Jazz are in play tonight, but I don't think you want to go too heavy in case that game does blow out. But you can make a case for pretty much everyone. Final game of the night, Brooklyn Nets at Portland, 10 p.m. Eastern. Trailblazers favored by six. Vegas total 224.5. Allen Crabb is out for the Nets. As I've been saying all year, the Nets are a real fun team to watch, man. They had that incredible comeback victory last week. They were down 25 in the fourth quarter against the Kings. They came back and won. They're on this road trip here. Uh, they've been playing well. They're 6-4 and four over the last 10. Uh, so... Really, I don't play a lot of Nets, but they have done a better job of making the rotation a little bit less. There were times where they were playing 10 guys, but obviously uh, they've kind of tightened it up a little bit. So D'Angelo Russell's certainly in play. We've seen him go off, and he's 86 on DK, 91 on FanDuel. Uh, I think Spencer Dinwiddie's not a terrible play, 58 on DK, 56 on FanDuel. And if I'm looking at anyone else, it's probably Damari Carroll, 44 on DK, 41 on FanDuel. He's always capable of putting up uh, good numbers. So uh, that's probably it on the net side. So uh, I expect this game to stay competitive. And if you're for the revenge narrative, uh, Ed Davis going up against his former team. He did face him this year and played 23 minutes and had a good game. He's 38 on DK, 42 on FanDuel. So he could be someone that you look at in tournaments. For the Blazers, McCollum is still out. Um, and what does that mean? That means if McCollum's out, Damian Lillard is a really good play. I think he's going to be a popular play tonight, but I would still use him. His usage rate goes up. So he's one of my favorite plays tonight. 9,900 on DK, 10-6 on FanDuel. And, of course, the other guy that we look at is Yusuf Nurkic. We know we like to play big men against the Nets. They really struggle against the big men, and Yusuf Nurkic certainly in play tonight. He probably will be popular, too. 69 on DK, 84 on FanDuel. And Seth Curry's coming off a couple good games uh, recently. Um, I think Maurice Harkless is not a bad play either. 42 on DK, 52 on FanDuel. And Seth Curry's an interesting play if you want to save money. 38 on DK, 41 on FanDuel. Good matchup here going up against Nets. So that's the slate for tonight just to pay attention to last-minute news. And also, uh, go to scoutdfs.com. We got the optimizer that always has the um, updates based on the uh, latest injury news. And again, four games late, we'll probably still get a surprise. But the big news we're waiting for is Mike Conley. So check it out, scoutdfs.com. Become a member today. Uh, let's take a look at some of the fab bids. You know, we did have fab running in a lot of leagues yesterday, and, you know, this might help you in some of your leagues. These guys could still be available. So let's take a look at the NFBC auction league that I'm in. So it's 15-team leagues, and this auction took place last Sunday, so not too much there on the waiver wire. Uh, but Max Fried was the most highly spent on player. He went for $69. The runner-up was 35 and he dropped Jesus Lazardo, which is interesting. And we know Lazardo's hurt. We might not see him for two months. And there's seven bench spots. But when, when you get a lot of injuries, sometimes it can be difficult to hold on. So we talked about Max Fried a little bit during the show. And, you know, he's an interesting arm, but could be short-term here. A lot's going to depend on his performance with the Braves because they do have some injuries in that pitching staff right now. With Mike Fultonawich out probably to mid-late April, depending on his elbow, how it responds. Kevin Gossman slated to start April 6th. They could always call Tuki Tassan up. So Freed is 25 years old. We saw him a little bit in the majors last year, just for 33 and two-thirds innings. He had a 2-9-4 ERA. He did get a ton of strikeouts, 31% strikeout rate, but a 14.1% walk rate. And what that does is it inflates the whip. He had a 1.37 whip. So, again, we are dealing with very small samples here, and he was hit hard in his brief action. 
So definitely someone worth taking a flyer on in a 15-team league, but keep in mind that it could be brief. Uh, Felix Pena was added for $54, and I wrote about him a little bit today. He's a very interesting name, and I wanted to pick him up in a couple leagues. I just didn't really have anyone to drop at this point. Uh, and I, I was looking for ways to add him in my leagues. And again, I just didn't really have anyone that I wanted to drop at this point. But he's a name to keep an eye on. If you're at a deep league and he's available and you need some pitching help, I would consider adding him. He's got a real nasty slider. He pitched yesterday three and a third innings, struck out nine. So he is going to make the rotation as Andrew Heaney is on the disabled list to start the year. We saw Pena last year with the Angels. He appeared in 19 games, 17 starts, went 92 and two-thirds innings. Now, he did have an ERA of 4.18. It's actually not that bad nowadays. He had a 21.9% strikeout rate, 7.2% walk rate. But uh, this is a guy that has that nasty slider. And if he can get that going, you know, he could uh, – definitely be someone that uh, performs. So he is uh, someone that was added in a couple leagues that I saw yesterday. So Pena was added for 54, dropping Austin Hayes. There was no runner-up bid either. Franklin Barreto went for 29, dropping Jason Kipnis. Kipnis dealing with a calf injury again, and he's not going to be ready to go to start the year. Similar story with him pretty much every year. Barreto will get some more playing time now that Matt Olson is out. He had the broken hammy bone, had the surgery, so he's out four to six weeks, potentially longer. You do have to worry about the power coming back. So we could see Barreto playing some second base at times uh, with Profar playing first base. So that's why people are adding him. In a weak league, it might be tricky because you're not going to know when he's going to get the at-bats. Freddie Galvis was added, dropping Luis Urias for 21. G-Man Choi was added for 20 bucks, dropping Steve Pierce. I do like Choi. I think Choi, if he can get the at-bats there in Tampa Bay, I think this guy's got some sneaky power. Uh, he's, in a lot of leagues, only eligible at the utility spot, but I definitely have some interest in Choi this year. I think I did get him in one league. Neil Walker was added for $15, dropping Dansby Swanson. Hanley Ramirez was added for $5, dropping Michael Fulmer, and it looks like Hanley Ramirez will make the team for the Indians. Really interested to see how he fares this year because Hanley was actually hitting pretty well before Boston got rid of him. And then, uh, obviously, we didn't see him pick up or sign with another team. Joe Kelly went for five. Greg Stammen for three. Eduardo Nunez, three. Jordan Zimmerman for two. Albert Almora for one. Obviously, he could see an uptick in playing time with Ian Happ being sent down to the minor leagues. Dan Straley was picked up for a buck. And then they found out this morning that Dan Straley was released by the Marlins as they're going to go with a lot of their youth and those guys that pitch really well in this spring, those are guys that were also picked up off the waiver wire yesterday, depending on when your draft was. Pablo Lopez has had a good spring. Caleb Smith was good last year before he got hurt. So there's some intriguing arms there with the Marlins. Obviously, the team context isn't great, and they might not win a lot of games, but those are guys that can you know, put up some decent strikeout numbers and potentially some good counting stats. Uh, Luis Severino threw from 120 feet today. So there, that's some good news there. He's definitely going to miss the first month of the season. You can only hope that he is able to return right around May 1st and that this doesn't continue to be an issue as he was discounted in drafts. Dylan Batances also played catch today for the Yankees. He's been dealing with a shoulder injury, and he will begin the year on the DL. Uh, Lucas Duda also making the team for the Royals. He was recently signed by them, and Jorge Polanco is battling some arm fatigue. He's going to DH in the minor league game today, so it doesn't sound like it's too serious, and he should be good to go for opening day. That wraps it up here. You can find me, scoutfantasysports.com. It's not too late to join us. Use the promo code BATS50 to get 50% off your first two months. I'll be back Tuesday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern with Dr. Roto. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.